Well, so good to see all of you. Um, as you know, we have been on a journey the last couple of weeks, and it has been a journey to understand what it means to be a fan or a follower of Jesus. The church, I know sometimes it's hard to understand the difference when we're in the kingdom of God, but it's important for us to see, and I just want to throw it out there, give us a little example. Um, fans, right, we get to go to things, and then what do we do when we're done those things? Y'all go to the Walmarts, okay, or wherever, wherever you go afterwards, you go to the Dairy Queen. When you're done a game, you go somewhere, or you might just go home, and guess who you're not with? The team, okay? That's, that's a fan. Now, see, Jesus, in these last couple of weeks, has been showing us what it means to be more than just a fan. And church, we are surrounded by people that are just fans, even in the churches, as they gather today, there are hundreds and thousands of people that have decided to come and yet stand on the sidelines and remain a fan. But here's the thing. As a follower, there is so much more. And church, I believe that Jesus has so much more for each and every one of you. And so today is about kind of the capstone, what it, what it really means to, to be a follower of Jesus. We've been on this journey for four weeks, and today is kind of the final week, and I really want you to get the words of Jesus, because again, we're going to look at the words of Jesus specifically. See all ready? Yes. Okay, so grab your Bibles, head to Mark, and we're going to be in chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. And I'm going to go slow. Are you all with me on that? I don't like to go slow, but anyway, I'm going to slow down because there's some key words here I want you to get that as we go along this morning are kind of kind of pop in your mind, in your, in your head, and be really significant. So once you have that, whether you are home or here, I'd like you to stand in honor and reading of God's Word. Okay. Think about this, because the last couple of weeks I've been, I've been kind of showing you that many times when Jesus is done with the parables, okay, we're going to talk about parables today, he would do what? Kind of pull his closest followers in, right? Kind of that intimate time, and he would begin to share even more with them, more truth, more revelation, as he pulled them in. Today, he kind of expands, and I like this. So, reading with me in verse 10, and when he was alone... Get this, those around him with the 12, those around him with the 12, asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest, key word, lest, some of your translations will say unless, and so however it says, lest they should turn and be forgiven. God, this is so significant. I'm just going to ask right now that you would send your spirit before me, that the words that are spoken today would come directly from your throne room, that they would be surrounded by your heart, but also by your strength, by your spirit, enlighten us today. Because I believe that, that you want us to be there to hear the secrets, to know the purposes, to get it, and to be intimate with you. 
And so we come against the enemy in the name of Jesus, and we just pray that your presence would be here today, and that you would speak, and that you would go forth, and that it would fall well on the ears of your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Okay. Now, I got to make sure first, um, are you all awake? Okay, good. This is an exciting week because this scripture is huge. So I want to start out this week by saying, and and this is going to sound terrible, but you'll get it by the end, okay, that authentic followers are insiders. Now, most of the time when we talk like this, we kind of get upset, right? Because we want to be on the inside circle. Y'all ever been on the outside of the circle? Y'all ever not been in the in crowd? Okay, so some of us that think we're in the in crowd and then we find out we're really not, it's kind of disappointing, right? We want to be on the in. We want to be on the no. Oftentimes with like pastors, people want to like be on the no. And I'm like, you know, like I'm at home chasing chickens or children. You know what I mean? Like one or the other, I ain't like conspiring or we just don't have time for that. And by the time we have time for that, I'm too tired to do that. And so it's really not happening. Do you know what I'm saying? So what you see is what you get. But something very interesting here is that all of a sudden, we see this pulling in in this kind of inside conversation. And it's significant because there's a choice. There's a choice that's to be had here. And so, today, in order to really be an authentic follower, not fan of Jesus, you have to be an insider. So let's, let's talk for a second before we really get to the three things today that we're going to cover. So parables. All right, so maybe this is new for some of you, but I want to kind of take you on a journey of parables. Now, I had people in my life, um, specific people that I can remember, who would kind of talk to me, right? Uh, They would see something and want that something adjusted, so they would tell a story instead of saying, Joey, like, you're a mess. So, like, just face reality. This isn't right. You shouldn't be doing this. Instead, they told me a story of someone else and tried to, like, you ever done that before with your kids or family? You kind of tell another story because you're not sure they'll re- like receive it well. And so they, you ever done that? This is kind of what Jesus is doing. Now that's kind of like the, the fluffy version of a parable. But these were the primary way that Jesus spoke to the people. It was the way he taught Now you say, well, I just don't get it. Because then he would pull the disciples in or pull the apostles in and all of a sudden really get intimate. He would really get like unearthed and begin to speak some truth. And and here's what I want to share with you. Interestingly enough, oftentimes his parables were birthed out of what? People were coming to him and saying, why is this so? Why are your disciples doing this? Why are you doing this today? Why, Why aren't you following the... And so Jesus being gracious, here's another real basic way of looking at this. Jesus being gracious, he would often speak in a parable so that he didn't look at them and say, Joe, I'm actually talking about you, but I didn't want to front you out in front of everybody. But but since you're asking, let me just tell you about you. Because see, we don't like that. And so instead, in all grace and mercy, Jesus spoke in parables. He spoke these stories, and oftentimes, like we've learned in the past couple of weeks, the Pharisees or the Sadducees or those around him would get it, right? And they would say, I think, I think Jesus was talking about me. Let's go get rid of him. And see, Jesus knew they weren't ready to receive. Jesus knows us well enough to know when we're ready to receive or not. And so, he used parables And the problem with parables is oftentimes they're interpreted what? 
wrong. They're not well interpreted. We make them something they're not. Oftentimes when people share with us and they use a story or use something else, we take it out of context. We get all hyped up and, and oftentimes that happened to poor Jesus and they would misinterpret what he was meaning and take it and use it against him in the evening to rally people to. And so we see here that these followers and the 12 or the apostles or the disciples, however you refer to them, were here and they were getting to hear from Jesus. What is the reason or why is the reason do you talk in this way? Now you have to think, okay, let's just think realistically. Oftentimes we don't think realistic with Jesus, right? But here are these followers, okay, these, these friends, these people that have like laid their lives aside and said, I'm all in. And then they get in the closed door and it's like reality. Jesus begins to talk real. And so I think eventually they were saying like, why do you talk like one way here and then like one way with us? We don't get like, are you schizophrenic? Like what's going on here? Why are you talking to them in these big lofty? And then you get with us and it's like, why don't you all get this? It was different. I often say, and, and my children hate this, but it's just reality, right? We, we go to events, we, we are at things and, and we tell our children, hey, if you want to ask a question or, or if you want to say something, make sure when we get in the car, you share it then, right? Because we're not going to just say those things right out of our... And so he begins to explain the purpose. And it really, in a sense, kind of separates. So we'll talk about that separation along the way here. But to be a true, authentic follower of Jesus we have to be close to Jesus. And church, we can't be close to Jesus in our minds and not in our hearts. We can't just be close to Jesus in our own thought pattern and not really. Jesus was drawing people in. What's so beautiful about this parable is it doesn't just include those that he looked at and said, hey, give everything up and follow me. When you look at this chronologically and, and where it fits in his ministry, you see that people are beginning not only to believe and then go home like fans do and go on with their lives, but they were beginning to lay everything down to follow Jesus. And so his inner circle, his inner crowd, even during this time, was growing. And parables, right, were not necessary for the crowd that asked him, what are parables anyway? And so here, if you translate it, it's understood as he was making a proclamation to the people that were closest to him of what it means to be close to me and what you receive when you're close to me. And so the first thing he talks about, now this is significant, okay? Have you ever told a secret? No? Okay. I feel like we all have, right? And then um, sometimes we tell secrets and then instead of just like leaving it a secret, we do what? We tell somebody else. Usually when they get the secret, what happens to it? It grows. Do you ever have those toys, those little like things that are in a capsule? You put it in the water and like day one, it's like this big. Then day two, it's this big. And then day four, if you leave it in the water, it sucks all the water in and it's waterlogged. And then your children take them and put them on the carpet. And then you go back the next day and they're back to being what? 
this big. Well, what happened to all the water? It's gone, right? Okay, so think about this here. Here's a secret, okay? And it, it is something that Jesus can't just give to anybody. You say, well, that sounds so, so harsh and so rough and so uh, not like Jesus. Well, think about this. Would you just entrust anyone with the things that are nearest and dearest to your heart? I told this in first service, and, you know, there are people in my life that at one time in my life, I shared things with them. In fact, there's someone on my mind right now that I used to share with, and somehow, the next day, someone else would share with me what I shared with her. And yet in my mind... I would say I shared that with her because I trusted her. And let's just be real, I didn't trust him. It's why I didn't tell him. And when it got back to me, I remember this one time, it was, well, why don't you just... And right then I said in my mind, that's exactly why I didn't share it with you. So, Jesus Here's the question of the followers and the apostles, the disciples. And he begins to say that there's some secrets that not everyone is yet ready to hear. There are some things about me that if I put it in the wrong hands, it's going to be misunderstood. I'm going to be misunderstood. And the secret spoken of here was a gift. In fact, it translates as a gift, meaning this was, this was something special. You know, when we give gifts, it's usually to what? We're giving them to someone we care about, or we give gifts to people we feel obligated to because we're afraid of what they might say, right? So there's two types of gifts, some that you just go and you give, and then some you give out of the heart. I'm just being real. Is that Okay. Like you all give gifts sometimes, what, out of obligation. This is opposite here. When you translate it, it's talking about a gift that has a purpose, that's about a purpose. And Jesus couldn't just give that gift to anyone. Lots of reasons why. Some weren't ready for it. Some really couldn't understand the mysteries of Jesus coming to be. They could barely get what was happening in that day in that moment. And so the last thing they could do was take on more. Now, it is only used, when you look at this translation here of secret, it's only used this time in all the Gospels. Now, it's used three times total. The other two times translate as Raz, R-A-Z, and it's totally different. This here is specific to the mysteries surrounding the purposes of Jesus' ministry, of who Jesus was, is, and is to come. So get this. Jesus knew he couldn't just tell everybody everything because they weren't ready to hear it. And so those that, that drew in, those that, that came in, those that said, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you completely. I'm going to go with you. For them, God's plans for the end, right? 
not just for the here and now. See, he was giving a lot of information for the here and now, but, but he was drawing others in and saying, here is more of me. Now, you're probably a little confused and saying, man, this doesn't sound like the Jesus that just, that I, you're, you're going to get it soon. But first, I want you to know that we as Christians, we should have a desire to hear from Jesus in a way that reveals new things to us. See, oftentimes in our Christian journey, we get confused. We say, well, if so-and-so said this and, and I don't get it, then how is that? Well, the pastor said this and believes this, and, and how am I not connected to, and why don't I see, and, and when he, I don't get. It's usually, if your pastor's in the right place with the Lord, right, or your spiritual, like, leader, or your, your spiritual guide, or your mentor, if they're in the right place, think about it. If they're in the right place, then maybe they're seeing some things because of their, Right? their relationship with Jesus. Maybe Jesus is sharing plans with, with them that are different. Maybe they were ready for something bigger. Interestingly, the secret here is the divinely willed way in which the rule of God will manifest itself and come to fulfillment through the agency of Jesus. Whew. So these people were coming in and hearing about the divine will for Jesus himself. Now, okay, so uh, I said this in first service, so it's a repeat. I'm sorry, but I got to repeat because it's really good. And so anyway, um, I got to just say this story again, but I, I've been talking a lot about my chickens because I'm like really enjoying them. And if it weren't for a calling, I'd probably become a full-time farmer because I'm like loving this stuff, picking the apples, cutting them, jarring, canning, like we're just obsessed with it right now. Um, and so we had this one chicken, became a house chicken because she got hurt and we nursed her, you know, back to health. And so she kind of got used to being a house chicken, so we started to put her out to try to get her back used to, because chickens can't be potty trained, and so they just don't have any, like, sense when they're in the house, you know what I'm saying? So you know what that means. But anyway, she got used to this chair on the back where the door is. She would roost there, and then at night, when it's fascinating at night, they go to the same place every time. She'd roost there, and I'd carry her in, put her in her cage, or she'd watch TV with us or something, you know, just depending on the night. Most of the time, she spent time with us, and then she went into the cage, and then she would bulk for us to take her out. And so just the process of her getting used to that, she got used to that, and then that changed. But let's, let's go to the other chickens. So the other chickens got used to their coop. And just as science tells you, as any farmer would tell you, those chickens, they, they head to the coop when the sun goes down like clockwork, like clockwork. Recently, we've been transitioning, okay, and trying to get our chicken, our little house chicken, to get back to the coop. Now, what happened to the coop? Well, I go in there every night. Ashley goes in there every night. They're already there. They're roosting. We go and we open the thing. We pet them. They coo. They like, you know, wrap their head around us. And like, we love on them and we put them in there and we know they're going to be there. I mean, we don't have to worry about it. They're there. And then like Friday night, 
I got all nervous because I got home and I couldn't find Shanina because it was dark and it wasn't Shanina, the names we have for these things. Anyway, um, Shanina was not at her back door on her little chair and it dawned on me the chairs were not where they were usually. And so she got confused. She didn't know where to go. So you know what I did? I was running everywhere. All the kids were screaming. I was like, that's probably not going to help, you know what I mean? Because they usually run when you scream. And I mean, it was just chaos. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I lost the chicken. And so the one that we really, really just are worried about, I lost her. Finally, all the way in the back of the yard where the corner table was, she was roosting on the very corner chair. So I had to go gently get her because I'm not my wife. My wife, for some reason, they run to her. To me, they kind of just, and so I quickly went up behind her and grabbed her and put her back in there and she balked and I had to get her back in and shut the door. And then last night, again, forgot. We didn't put the chair back for her. So she, we couldn't find her. We were all going nuts, running around. And she happened to be on the van, but it was dark out there, so we couldn't see. And finally, she let a little holler out. We were hollering and we saw her and we put her in the, here's the thing. I know that I know that I know that my six chickens are going to go back to the coop. I can can just trust them to do that. And you know what? I want to be one of those chickens. Here's where I'm going. Some of us are like Shanina. We don't know where we're headed. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know where home is. We need more than we should need. We want more than we should want. We aren't settled. We aren't in the coop with Jesus. And you know what happens? Every night when we go out and we love on those chickens and settle them in really nice and shut the door, and then we go hunt for our little free chicken, she can't handle more. Church Jesus spoke in parables because there were people that couldn't handle more. There are people sitting in this church today, both in first service, in Sunday school, and right now, that can't handle more because they can barely handle the little bit Jesus has given them already. You know why? Because it's still about them. It's still about you fill it in. And so Jesus said, unless they, I can't. This is hard. You say, Pastor, you're always talking about reaching out. We're building a community center to serve our neighbors. And yeah, because I want to go after them. Because I believe we serve a passionate Jesus that, that puts away the, and we're settled with our relationship. And then we go out and we search. And we're, in a sense, frenzied about it. Because we want people to have the peace of settling in at night and knowing And so Jesus said, I I have to speak in parables. Come on, ladies. Come on, guys. I got to speak in parables because some people, they can't handle all that I'm sharing with you. They can't handle that I'm like calling you out. They can't handle that like this is a lot more intimate. This is harder. And see, the problem was people misunderstood that. Well, why do they get to? And You ever been there? Well, why do they, I mean, kids are great at this. In fact, my kids is all the time. It drives me crazy. And what do I normally say? 
She's 12, you're 7. She's 7, you're 5. She's 5, you're 7. She's 5, you're 12. You know what I mean? It just doesn't work. If they were all the same age, it'd be easier because we could just lay the carpet out. Do you know what I'm saying? But like, just because I laid the carpet out when she was 5, she's 12 now, I should still lay the carpet out. The carpet been done, laid, rolled up, and now you better get it together. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's transitional. And Jesus was saying to the people closest to him, I can't just lay all the carpet out. They're not ready for it. You know why? Because there's a reason that we have to chase the chicken at night. Because she was hurt at one time. And there was a process to getting back to the coop. At some point, you were hurt. At some point, you decided. At some point, you received. And this goes back to last week. Maybe something that gets in the way, right, of Jesus having all of you. And see, he wants to work on that first before, and that goes back to last week. See, people were misunderstanding Jesus. They, in fact, even to today, we could have a separate conversation one-on-one, but theologically speaking, many go back to this scripture and say, this makes sense. There are those that are elected, there are those that are predestined, and there are those that, yet that's not true, and it doesn't match with all the parables when you fit them together. If you study them as one piece, this is a piece of it to understand that the key word in this whole thing is lest. In fact, the word hinna. And it tells us that we, that we put ourselves outside of the coop. That we put ourselves outside of the, that we make it so all Jesus can do is use kid gloves with us. Let's just be real. We all deal with people, right, that we have to use kid gloves with. Why? Because when you present the truth, they're ready to just kick it right back. When you say, hey, have you thought about it? They're ready to just, that ain't me. That could never be. See, when you get past that point, one more barrier comes out of the way of you and Jesus. See, it was so hard with the Pharisees. Why? Because there was so much in the way. There's still so much in the way. So it tells us that Jesus was open. You can come and join me at night. These words are for whoever can understand the more, the intimacy, the next step. It wasn't about privilege. It wasn't about separation. It was about Jesus understanding his creation. It was about Jesus understanding you today. It was about him knowing some can handle it and some can't, but when they're ready, I'm going to bring them in and they're going to hear and they're going to see and they're going to know. And so he sits around and says, hey, this is, this is, this is the next step. It kind of puts the fan and follower into perspective you know fans we we love it but we ain't all in it followers i mean if you're on the team if you're a part of the rest of the team that's not actually playing the coaching team the staff the minute a game is done what are you doing you're getting ready for the you're watching tape you're doing why because you're all in And see, Jesus wants us to be all in. 
He wants to be able to share. He has the desire to draw us in. But he leaves it in our hands by saying, lest they should turn and be forgiven. So, this doesn't make any sense, right? In order to really be a follower, then we have to perform. Hey, so pastor, that makes no sense because when I think of performance, it's like the David Phelps concert. He comes, he performs, he moves on. No, this is different. This is different. And church, this is where my heart breaks as a pastor. Why? Because I watch people day in and day out. I watch Jesus come and I watch him step in because people say, come in, but I also watch him step away because people say, no. Well, what do you mean? You know, there's often times where Jesus comes and speaks to us and we receive it or we don't receive it. There are often times in my life where I can distinctly, in my selfishness, remember when Jesus spoke and I said, I'm not ready for that. In fact, oftentimes, I didn't even say that. I said, I don't need that. I'm good. I don't need to be teachable. I'm good. I don't need to change. I'm okay with myself. I don't need to make this adjustment because I'm already there. I use this example probably a lot recently, but one of our older ladies, God came and spoke to her about something in her 80s. And she said what? I'm ready. I'm ready. See, many of us were ready, but we're ready in us, not ready to really receive. And so, it takes what? Proximity. You see, this is just, just so simple. Yeah. Jesus requires us to be close to him. Because if we really want to know him, we have to be close to him. If we really want to know the mysteries or the secrets or the purposes of the ministry of Jesus Christ, then we have to, we have to really be close. I mean, let's just be real. If we're not around each other for a while, what happens? You can't tell me, and I understand COVID to be real, so that's not what I'm saying here, but just know what does sickness do in general? It separates us from people. When I get sick, my wife says what? Go to the couch. You know what I mean? Like that's just, she doesn't actually say that. She is so faithful. Every time I'm sick, she lays right there. Three days later, she's sick. And I'm like, babe, I could go to the couch. She's like, no, I need you right there. I'm like, all right, well, I'll take that. You know what I mean? I'm still needed. But anyway, um, she likes me right there. Jesus, and now I'm being real. He likes us right there. Because see, what happens when we're on the outside, we go to a different purpose. When you leave a game, you do what? You're done with the game. You might talk about it for a little bit, but then you go on with your life. See, Jesus doesn't want us to be fans because he doesn't want us to just, he wants us to stay close. He wants us to be right there. In fact, the ministry of Jesus saw people go from outsiders to insiders, from insiders to outsiders. I mean, talk about flip-flopping, right? He, it was just back and forth. 
We don't talk about it often, but many Pharisees, many Sadducees came to be followers of Jesus. And many people that he started with went to. And we still see that today. The problem is, is that many of you do that in your personal walk with Jesus. One day you're on fire, one day you're not. One day you're all in and one day you're not. And see, the problem with that is that Jesus is what then? Constantly chasing you. Constantly having to pursue you. Constantly having to make sure that you're in the, make sure that you're ready for the. And so, if you're not close to Jesus, then expect to be on the outside. That's hard, right? But like there are, there are times in my life where I just, I have to distance from people in order to stay close to the person of Jesus. In fact, I shared this and I mean this and it's what's happening as I get older, I'm less and less intimately connected with as many people as I was 20 years ago. It's not because I couldn't be. Honestly, I just don't have the time, but let's just be real. I don't need it. I don't need a lot of people. Some of you need a lot of people. I don't understand it. To know everything, to be there, to just like walk in the... I had somebody tell me like, I want somebody with me three days a week. That, that's my desire for the church. And I was like, oh gosh, I don't know that we have anybody that can do that. You know what I mean? But like, if you draw into Jesus, he'll be there every day. You'll need that less and less because as you have more of him, you're going to understand more. You're going to have more peace. You're going to grow in a way that changes you. And so as I get older, I don't need as much as I used to because I'm learning to need more of Jesus. And it is just a peaceful place to be. And so it's important to be close to Jesus. And when we're not close, we should almost know, right? We should, we should almost know that like, oh, he's going to have to chase me if I make this decision. Like he's probably going to have to follow me a little bit so that I can make this decision. And to Jesus, spatial relationship is important. Why wouldn't the enemy want COVID to separate us? Why wouldn't he want that? Why wouldn't he take that disease and, and make it and spread it? Because logically then we've got to be apart. And that's just where the enemy wants us. Because Jesus wants to... We talked about this a little bit in Sunday school today, all the way, going all the way back to creation and how he talks about gathering. There's a beautiful reminder that Jesus is a gatherer. He gathers you into his presence, intimacy, secrets, mysteries, wisdom, strength, power, presence. He wants to gather you. He wants to share with you. He wants you to go from What's great is that there are so many parables that tell us what 
he got the sheep in and he went, right? So you're not a lost cause, right? Out there running around, we've all done it. Some of us are doing it right now. But you know what's so great about when we get into the intimacy that Jesus is talking about here? Peace begins to settle in your heart. And church, I'm sorry I know you too well. Many of you aren't at peace. You are out there seeking for you, and you call it Jesus, and it ain't working. And it's why we tend to feel, what, more distant. Because we're seeking two different things. I'm going to bed at night, just like my chickens. And you're running around in your mind, in your thoughts, on your computer, on your phone, just wondering where Jesus is. And Jesus is running after you. I'm over here. I want to get you in the, come on. I can take care of that. I can heal that. I can bring wholeness to that. I can change you in that way. I can show you how peaceful it is to be a follower. I can show you what it means to head home and head into me. And so, to Jesus, spatial relationship is huge. It's huge. And so you say, well, pastor, well, then what's the, what's the definition? How do I know? How do I get closer? How do I drop some walls? Drop some, well, I know everything. Drop some, well, I've been hurt. Drop some, it'll never be the same. Drop some, well, you don't know what I've been through. I'm not saying some of it's very legitimate, but every bit of it, Jesus wants to be a part of. So, let him in. Say, hey, you can, you can trust me. I'm not going to be like I was in kindergarten when I sat in the circle and the teacher wanted to prove that how things get around. And so she gave a message on the right and then the message went all the way around. And by the time it got back to her, she said, now this isn't accurate. And here's what I actually said. Do you remember that in kindergarten that she would lift the, my teacher, she lifted this big board and that's what she told. And it was never anywhere even near that. In fact, it doesn't even look the same. And see, if Jesus is going to share something intimate with us, and gift us, as we, we talked about in the beginning, gift us with something that's truly important to him. He needs to give it to people that take that message and it stays the same. Because see, what happens is, is a lot of us take the message, but we live differently, and then we wonder why the world says, I don't want anything to do with that. Because you say you're love, but I just heard you you say your kindness, but I just heard you. You say your grace, but you won't. You say your mercy, but my goodness, you aren't like that with. And so we, we take the message and it just gets, and it gets back to Jesus. And I believe he often says, this isn't what I meant. This isn't what I said. This isn't how I expected it to be interpreted. And then he starts again. That trust circle. And I guess 
The question is, others is a beautiful part of this passage. And when he was alone, now mind you, if you have a key study Bible or a keyword Bible, mine has a little key next to it because this is a key passage. There are other parables as I look here that aren't considered key, but this is a key passage. And why? Because it's one of the times that we see this. And when he was alone, and this was spoken of and translated well, those around him, those around him, not the disciples, those around him who he has now drawn in, where he is now, he shared what a parable is. He shared his heart. He shared that his desire is to gift his purposes, his plans to them. Then he said, lest they should turn and be forgiven, meaning the door is wide open. And here's the problem. I bet you, and we shouldn't bet, that many of the people that were on the outside, right, they're going to make it to heaven. They're just not going to be trusted with as much as those in the... And I guess my hope for you is that you can be fully trusted with the gifts that God wants to give you. And so holiness people are on the mission of God. And so if you want to be, I mean, we're sitting in a holiness church. If you want to be a holiness people, can you be trusted with the gifts and secrets that Jesus wants to give you? Can you do well with them? Can he say, you know what, Joe, if I give you this, I know, I know you're going to listen to me. I know you're going to hold on to. I know you're going to. You know, I don't, I talk about retirement, but not the same way my dad did. So my dad talked about retirement as like, I'm going to get out of that factory. I'm going to be done with my years in and I'm going to provide and I don't have to be stressed about the boss or the pain on my body or any of that. And I got all that and I understood that. My wife will say, why are you talking about retirement? And I say, honey, because of the pressure of thinking about each person that I look at and knowing the great weight that it bears if they don't receive the words that Jesus has for them. I say, I just want to be free of that. I don't mind preaching, teaching, any of the other. I can't wait to retire to be Daryl Stevens so I can be here three days a week and just lift, move, put together, paint, go to the lows, whatever. I mean, he just says, whatever you need, we, he does it. I want to be free of the weight of thinking about your spiritual intimacy with Jesus. Because, see, the problem is when you don't get into intimacy with him, he kind of treats you like a child. Well, I really can't talk to Joe because I've got to use childlike gloves and I've got to really work with and I've got to really... Wouldn't you rather be right there and say, Jesus, what is it? Just tell me. I'm going to listen. I'm going to receive. You're all I need. You're all I want. I want to know the mission. I don't want to just stop. But here's what we do. Good Christians, we stop. 
many times in our lives and then that's it. And there's this wall that we just can't seem to get over. We hope for what's on the other side, but we live in what's on this side. And Jesus said, you all are willing to stick around. You all are willing to hear. You all are willing to stay. You all are willing to give up. You all are willing to be teachable in a way that I can just say what I mean. And you get it. Because, I mean, let's just... To you. And see, your prayer today, you may be lost in what I'm saying, but the prayer today is that when you read this, you can receive it. You can actually say, Joe, to Joe has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be your prayer for today? I hope it's your hope for today. I hope it's your hope for tomorrow. Because I believe when you pull into Jesus and you say, yeah, I, I, want, I want to be more than just on the outside. He's going to give you a peace that when it's time to settle in, you settle in. When it's time to go, you go. When it's time to perform, you say, okay, I'm 81, but you came to me. Yes. Because he's coming to a lot of you and you're saying no. Just by your actions. Just by your thoughts. Just by your heart. And wouldn't it be nice to be right there with him? Close intimate, ready, willing, fulfilled, at peace. And so, I hope after these last couple of weeks, you could step into being more than just a fan and really be a follower and open your hearts and minds up to what that, what that could be, what the possibilities could be, what your days could be like. I'm telling you, it's very, very different. Jesus, we just thank you today for your words. We thank you today that you have a desire for us that's different. I think it's incredible that you want to give us more, that you want to gift us, that you want to empower us that you want us to be on the inside. I think just in that, it's incredible to think that the God that created all things thinks about me and how I could be a part of if I would just be willing to turn from the things that aren't of you. So God, today, help us. Help us to grow. Help us to see Help us to be willing. Help us to be ready. God, I even think about the community center and the things that are already happening and that are going to happen and the fact that we, as your people, are going to need to be ready to be that person with the hook running around saying, come on, come on. We're here for you. We got you. Come, let me hold on to you. Let me walk with you. But in order to do that, we, we've got to be hearing from you in the intimacy of the very core part of who we are. So help us to seek that 
desire that and go after that. We love you. We ask you to go out with us. Send us out encouraged and strengthened. Send us out reminded that you have a desire that's so unique for us. And so we love you. We gift this day to you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great afternoon.